You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. really comes down to it, the ultimate crux of the matter is your relationship to Christ. Because you may have all the encouragers in the world, but there's something about those times. There's something about those times, and God in His providence allows those times when you feel all alone. And it's in those moments, God Himself will encourage you. The best thing that you can do for yourself is develop your relationship with Jesus. In the end, He's all that truly matters. He's your rock, savior, father, and king. With Him, you can get through all things. Today, Pastor Danny encourages you to pursue a relationship with Jesus. He assures you that once you've established that relationship, you'll gain an unfathomable strength that will allow you to take on the world in big ways. Let Jesus radiate through you and turn you into the person you're meant to be. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 as he continues his message, Some Needed Encouragement. Becomes part of the team with the apostle Paul. He wanted to be like Paul. But he got to a point. He was discouraged. And every Christian gets there. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. But things in life get thrown at you, and ultimately it's the enemy. Ultimately it's the enemy. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You think it's your wife. Ultimately it's not your wife. You think it's your husband. Ultimately it's not your husband. Oh, I know. But the circumstances of life, and the enemy wants to take us out. I mean, the enemy wants to ruin our faith and ruin our courage and ruin our, our hope and inhibit us. And instead of moving forward, we move backwards. And that's where Timothy was. He needed encouragement. I just love the Lord. I mean, I, I don't have the gift of encouragement. Romans chapter 12, verse 8 tells us there's an actual gift that God gives some Christians. If you ever find a Christian with the gift of encouragement, see if you can move in next to them. I don't know if you noticed in reading the New Testament how many times in the New Testament encouragement, encouragement is all over it, all over it. Let, let, me, just, let me just quickly, before we move on to the next point, the first point is the longest point in case your stomach starts to growl, all right? Uh, Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 32. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage, encourage and strengthen the brothers. Why? Because we need it. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21. Tychicus by 
dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing, Paul writing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may what? Encourage you. Encourage you. Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. I had a whole half page of typed verses. These are only a sampling. There's a lot of them. Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for this express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. You have it in 2 Thessalonians. You have it in Hebrews. You have it all over the pages of the scriptures, not just New Testament, but Old Testament. Why is there so much of it? Because we need it. It's easy to get discouraged. So we need to be encouraged. That's the first point. There are three. Actually, there are four. Don't worry. That was the longest one. Look at verse 11 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I am suffering as I am. Paul first focuses on Timothy's suffering. And now he says to Timothy, I'm suffering too. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. What he's saying is, God's plan for you is still in effect. Don't miss it. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And then notice what he says, verse 15. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes, obviously two important figures in the lives of Paul and Timothy and in their ministry. So here, Paul basically says to Timothy, hey, I'm suffering too. When you're suffering, when you're discouraged, here's what I've found. You feel alone. You may not be alone, but you feel alone. Interesting thoughts that God gave me in regard to this second set of scriptures and verses where Paul now basically says, hey, I'm suffering too. And when you think of Paul's example, I thought of Paul's example in contrast to Timothy because they're very different. They're very different personalities. You study the New Testament, you see they're very different. Here's some of the challenges that Timothy faced. Number one, first, he was Paul's number one assistant. I've already mentioned that. Uh, that's hard in itself because everywhere Paul went, uh, if you're going to follow Paul, you're going to be part of his team, uh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna suffer. Just being part of that team. Timothy uh, had lots of physical problems. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul encourages Timothy, don't just drink water, which is interesting. He's a missionary. He's going to all these different countries. He's traveling all the time. And if you go to most countries, especially third world countries, what's the first thing they tell you? Don't drink the water. And Paul tells Timothy, stop drinking just water. Use a little wine. That's safer. 
because of your off infirmities and your, your stomach problems. Timothy was a sickly kind of guy, which is interesting, isn't it? You think if you're going to be called to missionary ministry and have to go to all these different countries, especially places where you might get sick, you think God give you some special physical physique, you know, to be able to uh, withstand that and not get sick. Not so with Timothy. He was sick a lot. And don't forget, he's a young guy. He's much younger than the Apostle Paul. Finally, he was not a natural-born leader. Now, I put that in quotations. I want to correct myself from something I said last night. Well, you don't know what I said last night, but I'm going to correct it anyway. I intimated that some people are natural-born leaders, and I went home and I thought about it, and I said, you know, that's not true. Everybody's born the same way. Everybody's human. Everybody's just 100% human as anybody else. Everybody feels the same emotions. You go through the same issues. We're all faced with the same temptation. We're all, it's a level playing field. But some people appear to be natural-born leaders. That was the Apostle Paul. I think when Timothy looked up to Paul, he thought, I'll never be like him, but I want to be like him. Truth is, there's nobody in terms of character, faith, courage, etc., in the Scriptures that you can't be like in terms of character, faith, courage, etc. It's up to us. It's the decisions we make on a daily basis. You can be just as great as David. I can be just as great as David in my calling, in what God's called me to. I can be just as great, and so can you. There are no natural-born leaders. Leaders are made in the crucible of life. And that's the daily decision you make. Timothy now, unless he makes the right decision, he's never going to become like his mentor. He's never going to become like his leader. Now, I noted in my study, in Paul's words to Timothy here in the opening chapter of 2 Timothy, I noted what Paul does not say to him. I want to tell you some of the things that Paul does not say. First of all, he does not say, take a break. Now, there are times you should take a break, but this is not the case with Timothy here. And we want people to say sometimes, well, just take a break. Well, if God tells you to take a break, great. And you ought to know how long. God can tell you how long the break ought to be. I'll tell you what he doesn't say, too. He doesn't say, it'll be okay. Things will get better soon. I noted Acts 20 because the Holy Spirit tells Paul everywhere he goes, things are going to get worse. If Timothy's going to stay on the team, guess what? As he stays with Paul, it's going to get worse. You know, we don't do some people a favor by stroking them and saying, oh, no, it'll be okay. It may not be okay. It may get worse. Don't tell them it'll be okay. It'll be okay in heaven. I am finding and I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm finding the older I get, the greater the struggles get I have to face. I thought some of the things I faced in my 30s as a pastor were tough. And then you hit your 40s. And you think, well, God, by the time I get to my 50s, I'm going to start to cruise toward the end. And then you hit the 50s and you go, man, I didn't know what was going to happen. That's decade. Decade. Wrong word. Now I'm in my 60s, and you think, oh, it's going to be cruising from here. 60s have, have dealt some of the toughest blows, some of the hardest times. 2017, I'm so glad it's behind us. And my wounds still won't heal. 
I still bleed. I still bleed. It's so bad I want to beat people up sometimes. And that's not Christian, especially if you're a pastor. I have to go through my wife first, and she won't let me do it, so... He does not say, maybe you missed your calling and purpose in life. Maybe God's not called you to missionary ministry. Maybe you should go back home, Timothy. Get involved in the local church there. Just find out what you can do there. He doesn't do that because that's not the calling on Timothy's life. He doesn't say take a break. He doesn't say things are going to get better soon. He says, join with me. Join with me. That's what he says. Get back on the team. Join with me. I'm suffering too. That's what he says to him. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Vanessa for us because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me. I call that encouragement. I call this Paul's most recent encourager. You ever heard a message on Onesiphorus? Of course not. It's rare if you do. But he was an important, important person in Paul's life. When Paul needed refreshing, when he needed encouragement, here comes Onesiphorus. Don't have the time. Acts chapter 18, Paul gets to Corinth. He tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, when I came to you, I came in weakness and fear and with much trembling. What caused it? He got beat up verbally in Athens by the smartest people in the world. And when he comes to Corinth, he's shaken up. You know what God does in Corinth? Well, let me just real quickly read it. Acts chapter 18, verse 9. Acts chapter 18. Verse 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, don't be afraid. If God says to you, don't be afraid, don't say, I'm not afraid. Because God doesn't waste words. He wouldn't say, don't be afraid, unless you're afraid. Keep on speaking, don't be silent. Then you go to Acts 23. Paul gets arrested. He stands before the Supreme Court. He needs encouragement. And so chapter 23, verse 11, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage. As you've testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. You're not going to die yet. You're not done yet. Well, on the way to Rome, they get shipwrecked. 200 and some people on the ship Paul's traveling on. If you know the story, an angel during the hurricane that takes the ship down, they have shipwreck on this island because of this hurricane that they were in for days and days and days. Luke, in writing it, said at one point, we gave up all hope of being saved. We thought we were going to die. And an angel appears to Paul in the middle of that hurricane, and he says what? Don't be afraid. You're going to live, and God is graciously giving you the lives of all those who sail with you. Wow! In other words, God looked at Paul as really the captain of the ship. I do what some people would consider a weird thing. Every time I get on a plane to go somewhere, I pray during takeoff, and I say, God, would you take me with your angels? Would your angels take these wings to my destination? Take me safely there and give me the lives of all who travel with me. I really do, and I pray that because of what the Scripture says. Because until your ministry is done, that plane ain't going down. 
I love it. I just love it. Paul needed encouragement. He needed encouragement. I wish I had the time. I'd read you from Pastor Jim Simula. He tells about a time in his life when he was tempted to pull back. Jim Simula, pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, great ministry, great man of God. But he's human just like me, just like you. He knows what it is to be discouraged. He knows what it is to, to want to go backwards instead of forward. We all need encouragement. We're moving. We can see the landing now, but a couple more minutes. Even Jesus needed encouragement. After the temptation in the wilderness, it says angels came and attended him. They ministered to him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, as he's facing the cross, and he's in anguish, and he prays, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And then it says the angels came and strengthened him. It's 10.05 for the new people. We try to be done by 10.15, but we also believe in grace. But I think I'm pretty much on time. God gave me yesterday, late in the day, one final word for this message, and it's the close of Paul's letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy, chapter 4. He warns Timothy things are going to get worse, and he says to him, preach the word, preach the word. Verse 2, be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Then he tells him in verse 5, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul believed by faith that Timothy was going to make the right decision. And then what he says to him in verse 6 is fascinating. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Don't you find it ironic that chapter 1 of 2 Timothy starts out with an exhortation and encouragement to young Timothy to get back in the game, and then Paul closes the letter by saying, Basically, I know you're going to make the right decision. And then he says, it's time for me to leave. Paul knew his ministry and his life almost over. Timothy was coming to the point in life, and here's what I put in my notes, that he needed to become for others what Paul had been for him. And I put after that, it's a surreal moment when you realize the time has come for you to be to others what others have been to you. I made a list. My mother, God, I miss her. My grandmother, I miss her terribly. My Uncle James, who discipled me in the early days of my young Christianity, 19 years old. Pastor Milton Frazier, my first, Milton Frazier, my first pastor. Man, I miss him. Pastor Jerry Falwell, I never got to really hang out with Pastor Jerry, but his life, his ministry made such a difference in me. Pastor Chuck Smith, Pastor Vivian Laird, Pastor Peter Lord, he's still here, but he's right at the end. And the list goes on. I'm 63 years old, but sometimes I feel like that little kid, I feel like that little kid that just wants to come and pop up in somebody's lap and just 
Let me talk. Let me listen. I need some encouragement. And it's surreal when you realize. As much as I still need that, you come to a point in life, you realize you got to make the right decisions and you got you to gotta develop the kind of integrity and the kind of maturity that your roots go down deep so that when tough times hit and the toughest times I find is when you're older, not when you're younger, that you be to others what others have been to you. Paul closes this letter, chapter 4, 2 Timothy, verse 16, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Verse 17, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. I don't care how many encouragers you have in life. I don't care how many messages you hear on encouragement. I don't care how many examples in the church. When it really comes down to it, the ultimate crux of the matter is your relationship to Christ. Because you may have all the encouragers in the world, but there's something about those times. There's something about those times, and God in his providence allows those times when you feel all alone. And it's in those moments God himself will encourage you. Here's my close. If you've never gotten in the game, get in the game. If you're really a Christian, what in the world are you doing? Don't be like everybody else. Get in the game. Find a place in the church to serve. Stand boldly for Christ in a world that needs Christ desperately. Get in the game. And if you were in the game, and you're like Timothy, you're going backwards and not forward, get back in the game. Get in fellowship. I know it's a challenge with the COVID crisis, but at the very least, call somebody, email somebody, text somebody. People you know you can hang out with, wear the mask. Whatever you got to do, but don't get out of fellowship. We need it. Hebrews tells us we need to be meeting together and more so as we see the day approaching and encourage one another daily. If you got out of fellowship but you were in fellowship, get back in fellowship. Saturate your life. I mean, you hear this all the time, but so many Christians don't do this. It's the Scriptures, Romans 15, 4, that give us endurance and encouragement and hope. Saturate your life with the Word of God. And never, 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 ever, 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 ever forget. Say it with me. You ready? Here we go. Say it loudly. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say it again. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how you feel, God's with you. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, He has never left you since the day you received him as Lord and Savior, and he will never leave you. Not based on emotion. Not based on physical sight for sure. You may not feel him. You may not see him, but he will never leave you. He never has. He never will. And if you draw close to him in times of discouragement, even depression, loneliness, whatever it is you're going through that's the enemy's tool to try to get you going backwards and not forward. By faith, you draw close to the Lord. 
He'll draw close to you. Thanks for joining us today to study the books of the New Testament with Pastor Danny Hodges, right here on The Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the Bible by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to stay up to date on the latest teachings and videos. Feel free to share them with your friends and family. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you in person. Join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series, New Testament Highlights, be reminded that all these books provide a glimpse into God's heart for every person. His word is like a lighthouse, showing the way for lost ships at sea. Each person is a lost ship, floundering in the dark waters until they see that beam of light that directs them back to land. Throughout scripture, Jesus is that beam of light, lighting the path to safety. Tune in next time to hear more from Pastor Danny as he teaches in the New Testament right here on The Living Word. 